So, dear readers, uh, this week we're actually going to take a break from our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, Given everything that's going on right now, uh, it didn't feel right to us to present uh, our episode as we normally do. So we we sort of just want to take a breath, something that I guess our white privilege allows us and many of you to do. Maybe not Eric Garner and most recently George Floyd, right? They were not so lucky. Uh, We want to talk briefly about George Floyd and... This is not going to be exhaustive. This is not going to be um, a biography. This is the events that have recently unfolded. And we feel like we would be remiss not to say what those events were. On the evening of Monday, uh, May 25th, on Chicago Avenue in Minneapolis, Minnesota, George Floyd went to a Cup Foods to buy a package of cigarettes. That was his local store. Uh, There was an employee that sold him the cigarettes and thought that he gave them a 20 uh, counterfeit bill to pay. So the employee tells a co-worker that and they decide to pursue the matter. And shortly before 8 o'clock p.m., they walk outside the store and across the street to where George Floyd was in his car parked in front of a Dragon Walk restaurant. The employees demand Floyd return the cigarettes and he refuses The interaction was all actually filmed by that Dragon Walk security camera. And at 8.01, a store employee calls 911 and tells the dispatcher Floyd has given them fake bills and that he seems awfully drunk and not in control of himself. At 8.08, seven minutes later, Minneapolis Police Department officers Thomas K. Lane and J. Alexander Kung walk into the Cup Foods. One minute later, they leave and they head to Floyd's car. Lane draws his gun and tells Floyd put his hands on the steering wheel, and he does so, so the gun gets holstered again. And a bystander parked behind Floyd's car begins to record the encounter with his phone at 8.10 p.m. There's a brief struggle, and Lane pulls Floyd out of his car and handcuffs him and tells him he's under arrest for using counterfeit currency. At 8.12 p.m., Kung sat Floyd on the sidewalk against the wall in front of the restaurant where he still uh, has handcuffs on. At 8.13, an officer stands Floyd on his feet and walks him across the street in front of the store. At 8.14, Floyd falls to the ground by the police cruiser, and the officers pick him up and put him against the door of their vehicle. According to local prosecutors, Floyd tells the officers that he's claustrophobic and that he can't breathe. A Minneapolis Park police officer arrives in response to Lane and Kung's request for assistance and goes and stands by Floyd's vehicle and the occupants inside to guard it. There were two people with him in the vehicle. At 8.17 p.m., a third police cruiser comes and Derek Michael Chauvin and two Thao. I don't know if I'm saying these names right. They walk over to assist Lane and Kung. At 8.18 p.m., security footage from Cup Foods shows Kung struggle with Floyd for at least a minute in the driver's side back seat. A criminal complaint filed against Chauvin alleges that Floyd refused to enter the car even after the officers moved him from the driver's side to the passenger's side. At 8.19 p.m., standing on the passenger side of the vehicle, Chauvin pulls Floyd through the back seat from the driver's side to the passenger side and out of the car causing Floyd to fall onto the ground where he's still handcuffed and he lays now on the pavement. Floyd stopped moving around 8.20 p.m. 
at 8.20 p.m., a bystander at the Speedway gas station, um, which was across the intersection, starts recording video on their phone showing Floyd face down on the pavement with Chauvin kneeling on Floyd's neck. And Kung is applying pressure to Floyd's torso and Lane is putting pressure on Floyd's legs. Um, And Tao is standing nearby. Floyd can be heard saying, I can't breathe. Please, 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 man and calling for his mother. The bystander stopped filming when Lane told him to walk away. Also at 8.20, there's a second person that's standing near the entrance of the Cup Foods that starts recording video of Floyd pinned down by Chauvin's knee. And a lot of us saw that. It was uploaded to Facebook hours later. According to the New York Times, uh, the two bystander videos show Floyd telling the officers he can't breathe at least 16 times in less than five minutes. At 8.22, the officers call for an ambulance, and they initially request a non-emergency code 2. Then they escalate the urgency to an emergency code 3. While after they've called, Chauvin continues to keep Floyd pinned down after the ambulance is on its way. And an unknown person asks Floyd, what do you want? And Floyd answers, I can't breathe, please. The knee in my neck, I can't breathe. And another person says, well, get up and get in the car, man. And Floyd says, I can't, while Chauvin is keeping his knee on Floyd's neck. By 8.25, Floyd is unconscious, and bystanders confront the police officers and beg them to check his pulse. Kung checks Floyd's right wrist but can't find a pulse. They still don't move, the officers. They don't attempt to provide Floyd with any medical treatment while they're waiting for the ambulance. Rather, they stay in place with him pinned to the ground. Uh, According to the criminal complaint against Chauvin, uh, Lane asked Chauvin twice if they should move Floyd onto his side, and Chauvin says no. At 8.27 p.m., an ambulance arrives, and shortly thereafter, um, a bystander attempts to intervene and stop the police officers and is pushed back. The EMTs check Floyd's pulse, but Chauvin keeps his knee on Floyd's neck for almost a minute after the EMTs arrive, despite the fact that Floyd appears completely unresponsive. At 8.28, after being told to do so by the EMTs, he lifts his knee off Floyd's neck, having kept his knee on Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. At 8.29, Floyd's placed on a stretcher and loaded into the ambulance which left the scene and went to the Hennepin County Medical Center. At 8.32, the fire department arrived. And according to their report, the police officers didn't really give them clear information regarding Floyd's condition or whereabouts, uh, which delayed their ability to assist the ambulance. The ambulance carrying Floyd called for assistance, asking the fire department to meet them at the corner of 36th and Park Avenue and reported that Floyd was going into cardiac arrest. Five minutes later, the fire department does end up reaching the ambulance and two medics from there board the ambulance and they describe Floyd as unresponsive, pulseless male. Floyd was pronounced dead at 9.25 p.m. at the Hennepin County Medical Center emergency room. There have been two autopsies. Both have ruled the manner of death a homicide, and the Floyd's family that hired an additional private autopsy shows that there's evidence of mechanical asphyxia preventing oxygen to the brain, which caused the death. Uh, Before he knelt on Floyd's neck, Chauvin was the subject of 18 prior complaints filed against him. 
within the Minneapolis Police Department's internal affairs. His wife also left him after seeing the footage. Many believe that the videos show clear intent to kill. What's important to remember is that there, it, no matter how you look at it, there was over eight minutes of time of this man making this choice. It was not a spur of the moment, flick of a switch. This man made a choice to keep his knee on another man's neck, and he continued to make that choice for nearly nine minutes, even while he could hear the man pleading for his life. Like everybody right now, we're wondering what we can do. We're reading a lot of the news. The information I just gave you guys came pretty much directly lifted from Wikipedia and New York Times. Uh, it's information that's out there that we all have access to, but it's really hard stuff to read. Um, but we have to read it, uh, whether we want to or not, because right now there's not, it feels like there's nothing we can do, but actually you need to remember that doing nothing and saying nothing is actually a form of being complicit. And you're either with this cause or you're against it. You don't get to be silent and you don't get to not educate yourself. I think that, um, we need to realize that it reminds me of the term snow blindness. You know, when you walk outside and the snow's so bright that it blinds you, it reminds me yeah. of that, like metaphorically in the sense that um, I think our whiteness has made us blind. Uh, and we need to find a way to not be blind. And it's on us to educate ourselves. So Carrie and I are, are going to drop a few resources here. Yeah. Um, and just to reiterate, this is a death in the long line of police brutality and um, crimes against black bodies. Um, and there hasn't been change. And the outcry that you're hearing and feeling is is folks are tired, you know? Yeah. I it's exhausting. And I think it's up to us with privilege, um, white folks, um, it's up to us to educate. There are plenty of resources out there. It's not for us to ask Black folks to educate us. It's us to do the work and to learn, to check our privilege, to um, to do the research on our own. You know. Yeah, because actually, it's not for us to ask because they already have, and there's lots of uh, yeah. books out there that there's they've a lot written of and podcasts. So um, we're gonna drop a few of those. But it reminds me a lot of um, people that are anti protest or have had reactions that say that there are good police out there. I often tell people the reason I don't believe in the death penalty are all the cases we have over the last forever that have proven that we've put innocent men to death. It's yeah. not our privilege to use the death penalty because we don't know how to do it right. And yeah. right now it feels like the police department and the justice system are so broken that we can't be in favor of these things and say, but when they're working, when they're going well, because they're so, so deeply flawed and so racist to the core that they're rotten. It's yeah. not working. So if you're interested in learning, and I really hope, dear readers, that you are, um, here's some podcasts that you can listen to. Um, NPR's Code Switch 
Um, they have a recent podcast called A Decade of Watching Black People Die. That's worth a listen. Um, the podcast 1619. Um, the You can start at The Fight for a True Democracy. There's a podcast called 70 Million. Um, and there's a there's an episode called How Bail um, Shackles Women of Color. There's a podcast called Scenes on Radio. And the whole season two is called Seeing White. And I think it's a great example of how we... Um, see white supremacy in our systems and also holding white folks accountable for participating in a broken system. Um, and then the other one I'd recommend specifically is a is an episode on This American Life, and it's called The Problem We All Live With. And there's two parts to it, and it deals with the educational system. And specifically, it came out after um, Michael Brown's death in Ferguson, Um, He's a graduate of that school system that is referred to in that podcast. Um, And it's it's really illuminating in terms of how how the racial divide starts from a very young age at school. Anyway, I those are five and there are plenty more. Um, And I encourage you to listen to Black Voices. I encourage you to um, support those podcasts and do the research on your own. I have a few books I'm going to suggest. Fatal Invention, How Science, Politics, and Big Business Recreate Race in the 21st Century. That's by Dorothy Roberts. The Condemnation of Blackness, Race, Crime, and the Making of Modern Urban America by Khalil Gibran Muhammad. Uh, Witnessing Whiteness by Shelley Tokiak. I'm sorry, I'm like definitely butchering these names. Um, Uprooting Racism, How White People Can Work for Racial Justice by Paul Kivel. Race Talk and the Conspiracy of Silence, Understanding and Facilitating Difficult Dialogues on Race by Daryl Wing Sue. And White Fragility, Why It's So Hard for White People to Talk About Racism by Robin D'Angelo. There's lots of places you guys can donate as well. I'm sure most of you already are, but if you're not and you're looking for a place, uh, I can suggest Black Visions Collective. That's a Minnesota Black Lives Matter affiliate. What I also did is on our website where you would normally click learn and go to a page that would be dedicated to sea turtles or learning how to care for a ficus um instead when you click on that there's actually an article i found in thrillist that had some good suggestions of where to donate right now black lives matter um the minnesota freedom fund together we heal um the loveland foundation which helps black women the audra lord project um so if you're interested those are some organizations you were just about to sit down and listen to God knows how long. These things have been clocking in at like an hour and a half. So uh, we're at like 15 minutes. So take the next hour and 15 minutes you were going to spend listening to us and buy some of these books on Amazon or listen to one of those suggested podcasts. And we'll link them in the description. So it's going to be super easy for you to access the donations, the books, and the podcast. Um, stay safe and stay healthy. And we'll be back with another episode for you guys next Friday. We love you.